Parenting your much-loved dog is a relationship like no other. Our dogs are individuals and there is no one-size-fits-all when it comes to training. Hi, I'm Dr Holly Tett, professional dog trainer and clinical psychologist, and each week on Letters from Your Dog, we'll look at understanding specific dog training questions and struggles from your dog's point of view. Thanks for being here. Let's get to the episode. Hi there, and welcome back to Letters from Your Dog. Today we are talking about quite a potentially controversial topic, or title anyway, and the title of this episode is Obedience Isn't Natural. So... I first spoke about this a little bit in episode nine, which is to this day one of our most downloaded episodes um, and it's entitled Don't Ask Your Reactive Dog to Sit. And in that episode, I was saying, you know, often when a dog is very stressed, we ask them to sit, to lie down, to watch me, to do something obediency style based. And I'm using um, air quotes when I say the word obedience, but more kind of old school Um, or more traditional dog training I suppose asking them to be still and to be static and we were talking in that episode about how unhelpful that can be because if you think about it in terms of anxiety and fight or flight your dog when they're feeling worked up and anxious they want to move they want to get going they don't want to be sitting or lying down or whatever it might be so we're speaking about it in terms of quote marks reactive dogs in that episode But today we're going to talk a little bit more broadly. Um, And this is for anyone who's ever tried more. (laughs) So you've got a behavioural difficulty or something you want to overcome with your dog. And you've tried more training, more techniques, more repetitions, more practice, more obedience. And it hasn't worked. (laughs) Or it hasn't worked or it's unpredictable. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work or it's very, very slow going. Like you've been doing this stuff for years and years and years and you still can't say with any reliability that things are much better. If that's the situation that you find yourself in, I would ask you to consider that actually obedience, asking for asking, giving your dog cues and asking them to do behaviours essentially, it's not natural for your dog, okay? So there's nothing wrong with teaching your dog skills. I definitely teach my dog skills and I teach my students to teach my their dog skills as well, absolutely. My dogs know loads of different things. However, I do rem- remember and keep in mind that they are skills. <laughs> so they're things that needed to be taught. My dog didn't come into this world knowing how to stand between my feet. My dog didn't come into this world knowing how to go to their bed, knowing how to walk on a lead, knowing how to come back when I called them. They just didn't. <laughs> That's not natural for dogs. Oh, sorry, giving my microphone a bit of a smack with my hand now. I got to a little bit too enthusiastic. <laughs> um, so if you think about it in terms of humans, anything that has to be taught, anything that we have to learn as a skill, tying our shoelaces, becoming an Olympic diver, learning to drive, learning how to use the tube system or the metro or the underground, very, very complicated in the UK. I remember when I was a kid, (laughs) because obviously the the tube, which is what we call the metro, it goes both directions. So it goes north and south or east and west, hundreds of different colours, different tube stations. And it was very confusing to me as a young person. (laughs) And I had to learn how to use that. Anything that needs to be taught to a high level, like being an Olympic diver or javelin thrower or 
actually, let's say you're a runner. I'm not a runner, but let's say you're a runner. When you first start, you're a bit slow. You probably don't have great technique. Maybe you haven't got the right shoes on and you don't really think about the surface that you're running on or how long you're running for. You don't warm up. You don't cool down. You just run. And then over years, when you think, actually, I'm really interested in this and I want to get better at this and be as good as I can possibly be, you start to think about all those things. What clothes am I going to wear? What shoes am I going to wear? What surfaces? What times of day? Am I going to eat before I go? I'm going to eat after. Am I taking water? Am I running with someone else? Am I going for a personal best? Like this is me talking about this and I know nothing about running. I'm sure someone that does know something about running could go on for much, much longer. But these are the things that we start to weave in as we master a craft and we master a skill. Now that's just learning a skill in general. If you then put an emotion into that situation. So going for a run is one thing. Going for a run when you've just had a blazing row with your partner is something else. Now that might fuel you. You might run as fast as you've ever run in your life or you might be all over the place. You might have to stop and cry. You might have to like control your breathing because you're so angry. We all react to things in different ways. Let's take for example if you are feeling really really excited you might say oh I'm gonna I'm gonna go for a drive I'm gonna drive to my friend's house and tell them about this amazing thing that's just happened but you're so all over the place because you're so excited you go out to the car and you're like I've forgotten my sunglasses I've forgotten my house keys oh let me take that bottle of champagne or prosecco so we can celebrate and you just you can't quite do what you want to do which is leave the house and get in the car (laughs) with any kind of regularity or normalcy because you're just like I'm so excited so emotion always changes our our cognitive abilities and especially when we're thinking about things that involve motor skills so actually sitting down in a dog's case lying looking up at you all these kinds of things (laughs) things that they have to think about doing what does that word mean down oh okay it means this that's one thing for a dog that's learnt that skill it's very different for a dog that's very excited or very frightened so My advice would be whenever you're in a situation where you have extreme emotion, if you can work with, and this goes for people as well as animals, if you can work with that animal, and I include humans in this, that animal's natural instincts in that moment, you are going to have far less trouble. (laughs) So in the dog's case, rather than asking them to sit when they see that scary person on the other side of the street, can you get them moving in some way? Can you get them using their nose in some way? That's what comes naturally to dogs. So if you watched a dog just milling about their life outside without any human intervention, they'll be using their nose a huge proportion of the time. What we have done by having dogs living in our homes is we've taken a huge amount of their sensory input away from them if you do nose games and nose works with your nose work with your dog that is fantastic and I applaud you however you will never be able to give them as much nose work as they would have had if they lived outside all the time now I'm not saying free the dogs (laughs) but it's just something to bear in mind that actually 
we don't give them as much as they would have if they are outside all the time and therefore when they're in a situation where they are very stressed out if we can get them using their nose then you're going to find a much calmer situation much more quickly exactly the same as adding in movement if you can get a human a dog a cat anything moving when they're in a very highly stressful situation they're going to start to feel calmer and start to feel better because you've given them that flight option back for them so let me give you a human example it's a bit extreme but it hopefully will help to kind of um, hammer that message home a little bit so let's say that we were in a building together and all of a sudden there was an electrical fire so back of a computer set a light for some reason it was catching quickly it was catching onto papers then onto shelving um and it was quite scary this fire was spreading really quickly what would you want to do in that situation <laughs> well chances are if it was just you and i in the building let's not make it too complicated so we don't have to worry about anyone else it's just you and i chances are the first thing you'd want to do is get out of that building um, and then probably call the fire brigade right call 999 call 911 get some help okay that is the natural instinct run away from the scary thing and then as a in the logical brain get some help get someone to come and solve this problem and make it a safe place again what about if i said to you could you sit down in that chair please <laughs> just sit down sit down sit down in that sit in that chair sit down and you said absolutely not I'm getting out of here and you tried to run past me and I put my hand on your shoulder and I forcibly made you fit sit down in that chair and watch the fire and you could see it getting closer and closer and warmer and hotter and your stress levels were through the roof you started coughing because of the smoke and I said just sit down just sit down and wait there for a second we'll move in a minute but you need to sit down you would be losing it by this point and probably trying to overpower me or shouting or whatever it might be. This is often the situation that we're putting our dogs in when we're forcing them to be obedient in the face of emotion. So if you've got a dog that is so highly excited and aroused by guests coming to your home and you're sitting there saying, sit, 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 lie down, lie down. And the dog's like, I can't, I can't, I can't. And you just keep repeating it. <laughs> That's not going to do anything over the long term or indeed the short term to help that dog to feel more comfortable in that situation. So let's go back to the fire example. If I said to you, oh my goodness, get out, run, run, get out, of the, get out of the door, let's go, let's move. And then we get far enough away from that building so that even if it blew up, it's not going to hurt us. And then I said, right, we're going to call the fire brigade. We're going to make sure that no one else goes in there. It's going to be okay. We're going to resolve this situation. You'd be like, okay, you've got this. That's Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, and then everything would feel calm again. That's kind of what you want to do with your dog. So you want to get them away from that trigger that's either exciting or scary. And then you want to get their nose to work, get them feeling comfortable, get them feeling safe again. And that's the equivalent of calling the fire brigade, right? So you're calling in, actually, what do we need to feel better? What do we need to feel safe? What's going to help us? And for your dog, for the most part, getting that nose working is going gonna, is gonna to be what's helpful. So whether that is scattering treats on the ground or in the grass or a bush for them to find, whether you carry some, um, if you've changed your, changed your dog with um, scent oils, whether you carry some scent articles around with you, but I would just urge you to make it as simple as possible. So always having treats that you can scatter on the ground is really, really helpful for that one.
So use the nose, get them moving and repeat. If that trigger pops up again, just repeat it. Nose, movement and off we go. (laughs) Okay, I hope that was helpful. As always, I'm always interested to hear your guys' comments and questions. So if you have any questions for me or if you have anything that you would like me to talk about on the podcast, just scroll down to the show notes and you can leave me a voice message um, with your questions or queries. Okay, take care, guys. Bye. Hi, would you like some more support with your dog, whether it's training or building a stronger connection together? If so, do feel welcome to contact me. You can join the free Facebook group, Kindness is Essential, Not Optional Dog Training Support, or drop us an email to info at pawsupdogs.com. All the links are in the show notes. Take care.